The Dr. Coffee Podcast is proudly brought to you by IndemniMed. Welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast, your weekly blend of motivation, encouragement, education, and insight into all things medicine for junior doctors and medical students in South Africa. This is the third installment of a series we've had brewing for a while, Motherhood and Medicine. Over the past month or so, I've been arranging interviews with some superstar moms. The original plan was to try and get everyone in the same room for a panel discussion format. However, the most difficult part of organizing this has been to try and coordinate everyone's busy schedules. As you can imagine, between various theater lists, call rosters, exams, school runs, and running their own practices, to try and get a perfect alignment of five moms' schedules, particularly those in registrar time and private practice, is like trying to arrange a solar eclipse. So instead, I've decided to interview each guest for a short one-on-one episode of about 30 minutes in length. My hope is that as you listen to each mom's story, how she navigated medicine and her pregnancy and now being a mom, that you'll be equipped and inspired to make your own important life choices more effectively and with the wisdom of others. Please let us know what you thought about this series by dropping us an email to drcoffeeza at gmail.com. And if you think we earned it, a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also find this episode on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, Dr. Coffee ZA, where we're making slow but steady progress uploading our back catalog of over 50 episodes. Before we dive into today's interview, please allow for a quick word about our terrific sponsors that have made today's episode possible. Throughout our Motherhood and Medicine series, we've heard from our guests how important having the correct support system can be. Applying this to your own medical practice need not wait until you're pregnant or a mom yourself. You can get started maximizing your time in medical practice with V Professional Services. V Professional Services are a medical practice administrator, medical bureau, and a professional medical accountant with a nationwide distribution and reach. If you're a new healthcare practitioner, they'll help you from beginning to end, from practice registration to management and training. They take care of the responsibility of following up on all payments due to your practice, whether from patients or medical aids, and are one of the only medical billing specialists authorized to set up debit order collections. Their expertise in practice management, medical billing, and specialized support results in more time for you to focus on your patients and what matters most to you, preserving the goodwill of your practice and driving your business forward. V Professional Services are the official medical billing sponsor of the Dr. Coffee podcast and proud sponsors of the Motherhood and Medicine series. You can find out more about V Professional Services on their website vprofservices.com, sending an email to marketing at vprofservices.com or via Instagram with the username vprofservices. Now I get to introduce you to this week's guest. Dr. Amina Haji is a passionate and enthusiastic mom to her energetic three-year-old boy. She completed her undergraduate medical training, her internship and community service all within the VIT circuit and has recently completed her fellowship in ophthalmology this year. When she isn't volunteering for blind outreach camps with Bureau of the Blind or the Chamber Foundation, her surgical fingers are also green for fruit tree hybridization, Arabic calligraphy and acrylic artworks. Besides being a newly minted ophthalmology consultant, she also has time for being the co-owner in a new online toy business called Moobear Co, which was inspired by her son. Without any further ado, here is Dr. Amina Haji. 
Welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast, your weekly blend of motivation, encouragement, education, and insights. We're currently enjoying a series called Motherhood and Medicine, where we interview some moms who are also fantastic medical doctors about navigating these two entirely different full-time careers um, and then seeing how to navigate both of them successfully. So in studio today, I'm joined by Dr. Amina Haji, a consultant, recently qualified consultant ophthalmologist. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, Simon. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much for your time and really looking forward to your encouragement to our female colleagues. I'm sure there's some boys listening as well, but this is primarily for the girls, right? It's for them to feel that motherhood is something that they can aspire to, something that they can do well. Um, but just to lay a foundation to begin with, let's ask about your family dynamic. So tell us about your family and about your motherhood. Okay, Simon, thanks so much. Um, so I am Amina Haji, as you rightly introduced me. I am a recently qualified pathologic surgeon and I'm hoping to go into private practice very soon. Um, I'm a mother of one. Uh, I have a three-year-old young son. His name is Mohammed, and my husband is an accountant, and he is a vital part of this motherhood journey that we all go through as, as working moms. Um, I also come from a very big family. Um, I'm one of five siblings. We all oh, wow. we all sisters, and you know um, my extended family is also very large. And so, having a family and being in a large family has always been one of the things that I wanted to be a part of. Wow! And and you, you mentioned your your husband is a career man as well, accountant. So, um, was there ever a conversation about one of you having to? sacrifice career or have you ever have you decided you know we're both going to pursue what are difficult and technical and very academic careers and you're both going to go for that yeah that's actually a great question um you know i think what happens is when you're in a marriage um you are silently next to each other and you know that whether or not something is easy or difficult you'll be there as a team yeah. and so we didn't ever sit down and have a formal conversation as to who sacrifices what but when everything came down i mean you know it's never 50-50. I think when you're a mom, you are the mother and no yes. one can really replace you for that. So I can't say we sort of had a 50-50 role in, in, in the mothering process, but definitely mm. as parents. And so I think that, um, you know, the way it was for us was that I got pregnant just when I got my registrar post. So I felt pregnant in the crux of uh, this very tough, um, competitive uh, surgical post. And my husband already knew that, look, this is not going to be easy because you obviously go in with a background of uh, whatever we aspiring to do is not going to be um, something easy to deal with. We already knew that it's going to be challenging. And I think that's when we decided or he decided that uh, being a chartered accountant working for a very um, you know, high-rise firm wouldn't be something that would be uh, good for our family dynamics. And mm -hmm. so this is where the intention of us opening up uh, a family business together came in. And so I'm actually the co-founder of Mube & Co. Oh, it's wow. an online 
toy company and my husband actually runs the show along with me. So yeah, having a chartered accountant background, that has helped tremendously and also for the flexibility of the hours. I must say he has been, he has been a, a great asset, not only in the business, but also in our family. That's an incredible journey, and, and I think it highlights two important things there, right? So first of all, he's a chartered accountant, and my brother is also a chartered accountant, yeah. and he mentioned to me that many CEOs are chartered accountants because they know the running of business from the mailroom up. So he's able to kind of pivot in the season into something where he's able to use his skills and his talent but to foster the family, right? He's, he's understanding his role as a father is not to say, now's the time to chase a promotion, right? It's okay to maybe hold back a little bit and, and to let you go forward because at the time you were obviously studying for exams, you were doing yeah. reg calls, all of that. Absolutely. I, I hope that it's a little bit easier now that you've finished your exams. So I think I can give you a very, very nice um, mix of how it was like. And yes. I've taken two weeks off. Yes. And I must say it's been better than I thought it would be. Having that break, being able to be with my son, you know, um, as much as I'm a career woman, and if you're in medicine, we all are. I mean, yes. that's just what we're born to do. Uh, but it has been a tremendous privilege to ha have that time with my son. And that wouldn't have been possible um, without without my husband as, as, as part of our team. Yeah, Yeah, that's incredible. And the other thing that it highlighted to me, you mentioned working very hard. And I think it's important to recognize that anyone who's even gotten into medicine in the first place has worked hard to get there. Just graduating from medical school yeah. is an achievement in its own right. Then you've got internship and comserve, and then getting that reg post, which often comes along with you've had to get diplomas or you've had to write primaries or you've had to do some kind of research just to get your post. So you've had to work hard. Yes. Motherhood is also hard. Pregnancy is hard. Tell us about the challenges that you face being a pregnant lady or being a mom that are different to the challenges in medicine? Was there anything that was unexpected? Was there anything that you knew was going to come, but it was just harder than you expected? Yeah. So, you know, Simon, that's a great question. I think all the years leading up to you wanting to have a child is challenging because this mm. is always at the back of your mind. And as I said to you, um, you know, I've come from a large family. I've always wanted to have one, but now if you are going to take that long journey into medicine and then specializing, you really put yourself on the back foot. Sure. So um, you have to understand that if you want to go into medicine, you've already cut down on 15 years, I think, of your childbearing age. You start in when you're 18, you're finishing off somewhere midway between 30, 35. And, you know, there is a time <laughs> clock that's ticking yeah. when you want to get pregnant. And so it's at the back of your mind, but at the same time, when you are applying for that registrar post, um, I think everyone understands that at some point a female colleague will be getting pregnant, but it's not something that is easy for uh, your colleagues to take, not because they're selfish, but mm. because it does actually impact them quite tremendously. If someone is off for four and a half plus months, it means that your colleagues are taking on the role. However, what I would like to say is that no one actually speaks to you about it. No one actually says to you, um, when are you going to have your kids? Mm. Or it's probably because... Uh, no one wants to be intrusive because they don't know if you want to have kids or you're able to have kids. But I think that conversation has to be had because the older you get, the more difficult it actually is. And only once you're older, you realize that. 
um, being a mom, specialist, surgeon, doctor, doing those hours. So to interject at that point, you just triggered something in me that made me question. You said, you know, we need to have that conversation, even if it's a little bit intrusive. Who should initiate that? Do you think it should come from above? Like our leaders need to say, listen, I see how hard you're working, but you've been married for five years. You need to start thinking about a family. Or should that be something that we as junior doctors recognize in our team and we say, this person is married and they might have some family ambitions. I'm currently single. Let me ask them, because if they do want to have kids, then maybe we as a team can come uh, alongside them and say, we'll support you in those few months of you being pregnant, because it's only nine months that you're pregnant. It seems like forever when you're in it. But in the context of four years of reg time, it's not even one quarter. Yeah. Um, excellent question. <laughs> I don't think your colleagues would ever come out and say that, but I must sure. say for myself, uh, one of my colleagues, um, female colleagues, uh, that had her own family is actually the person that triggered it in me and said to me, you know, you're writing your exams, I know you're ambitious, mm. but have you considered having a family? And that, that is the actual first time that I thought about it. And so as a couple, we didn't speak about it. We knew at some point it would happen, but we didn't sit down and speak about it. And that is one of the, the massive factors for me. And so after that, I think I was one of those colleagues that spoke to my younger uh, uh, colleagues about it. I said, look, you are a doctor, you're a great doctor, but if you're happy to have kids, don't let anyone stop you because you will not be any less of a doctor. And for myself, if anything, it has motivated me to be a better uh, a surgeon. It, yes, difficult as it was yeah. and still currently is, and I know there will be challenges ahead, but at the end of a tough day, you go home and you get a great big hug from your child. Look, I can tell you that's that's one of the best things that I could have I could have actually done. And so yeah. I think, yeah, from your colleagues, from your female colleagues, from people who actually um, are in it with you and that have done it, and yes. can show you the the way that it can be done. Yeah, yeah, and have the wisdom of experience because, like you say, it was something that you've learned now at the value of. You know, Absolutely. you recognize how important it is to have somebody just to drop the seed. And say, have you thought about this? Because yes. I think we almost get used to putting things off in medicine. We go, okay, yes, my colleagues who did their BCom or their three-year degree at university are now getting their own apartment and moving in with their girlfriend and boyfriend while I'm still finishing med school, yeah. right? So you, just, you, you get used to this delayed gratification or putting stuff off until the next season. Until you suddenly realize, okay, I am a specialist, but I'm 35 and I haven't got a kid yet. Absolutely. And yeah. So the encouragement, I think, to all of our listeners is not to wait until you go, go I should have done it sooner. Uh, I, I did have the saying once upon a time that I'd rather regret not having kids than regret having them. <laughs> but having now had, had kids, I think you realize that there's never going to be a perfect time. No. And there's always going to be challenges along the way. Even if you've had the perfect timing to have your pregnancy and to have your child, there will be further seasons down the line where things just aren't always in step. And it's kind of like when you get married. You're making a commitment to your spouse that you're going to be together through whatever season. And they might have career changes. They might have periods of ill health. And it's the same with kids. Kids will go through periods of ill health. They'll go through um, times when they need you a little bit more or a little bit less. Let's move now to the transition from being a pregnant registrar to being a mom registrar and now a mom consultant, what was the transition like from being a pregnant doctor 
to a mom doctor and having to leave your baby at home for the first day? Yeah, so I think um, I have a lot to say. <laughs> um, so being an ophthalmic surgeon, I think uh, being pregnant is easier than some specialities, but more difficult in other respects. Mm -hmm. So um, when you actually have theater days, you've got the bed up against you, you need to operate, but as you get bigger, just having the bed up against your tummy oh, wow, or your yeah. slit lamp against your tummy or uh, patients who are of a larger BMI come and sit on your slit lamp, they could physically push onto your tummy. So that's something that, you know, wow, you and think we don't about. really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I have had, ex had experience with it a, a number of times. And, you know, it's one of the things you don't think about as, as, a doctor, or yeah. as anyone else for that matter, that this We're could slim be and trim, twenty-seven-year-old with no concerns about yeah, such things. Yeah. Any, 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 <laughs> <laughs> any um, physical discomfort that that could actually cause you. So that that's one of the challenges you have just being yeah. an ophthalmologist. Yeah. Um, and then I think. Uh, what's great in medicine now is that there's a massive influx of female uh, Definitely. Uh, the future of medicine is female. Doctors. Yeah. But unfortunately, I think there isn't a catch-up for once you are a mum. So there aren't really too many methods in place for uh, breastfeeding once you've had your child or uh, an, an early pickup or drop-off. Um, so that you can leave maybe the clinic earlier or there isn't too much in place for that. So when I actually had my son, it was at the peak of COVID. And I think um, that was challenging in itself because everyone was scared. I was scared. Pregnant women were actually dying, literally. Um, and for me to actually give birth, we had to do a number of COVID swabs and make sure that I was negative. And when I went into labor, it, had, it was like two, three o'clock in the morning. And when I got to the entrance of the hospital they said no you don't have a COVID swab that is less than 48 hours and I was like but I'm in labor there's nothing sure. I can do um at the end of what was really tough for me we got upstairs and I was now in uh like the active phase of labor and I was told to put on my N95 mask otherwise no one would come there and help me so no drip no um really any food to eat it was it was an excruciating time. It and wasn't how that early easy. in the pandemic was this? So this was, I think, uh, my son was born in May. Okay, we so had the lockdown so in April. Yeah. So it was when the COVID wave started picking up quite yes. tremendously. And everyone, everyone was, was very was anxious. Was very anxious, very fearful, and rightfully so. Um, but I think that had a negative impact on my labor process. Mm. And so I was actually in ICU for a week later. My mm. son ended up in ICU as well. And so, you know, you do get the four months maternity leave, but I took about two to three months off that maternity leave in uh, a recovery period. So I essentially had like a one month, one to two months with my son. So leaving him um, at the end of that fourth month was incredibly difficult. Uh, one of the major advices I can give someone is that you need to have someone that you can absolutely trust leaving a little baby like that in mm. their care for so many hours because as much as your colleagues will try to be um, as courteous as possible the fact is uh, in South Africa you especially in in the public sector 
the, the workload is tremendous and there's only so much your colleagues can do. Yeah. And you just kind of have to pick up like day one and it's back to normal, like you never went away. And so I was lucky that I, I, I had my mum. I actually owe my degree to my, my parents. They, for the first year, looked after my son and they fell ill with COVID. Um, and fortunately, they're fine, but they're definitely, you know, not the same. Sure. And so you have to have someone whether it be a nanny or family member that you completely trust um, to, to see to your child like a mom um, because really your workload and your patient load, it, it will take the better of you and yeah. it makes things a lot more difficult, yeah. I'm so sorry for the difficulties you had at that time and just like adding another layer of stress to yeah. being a new mom, your first pregnancy, your first baby. Um, your your son Mohammed was he born premature in any way? He was way? actually born at forty two weeks, so he didn't want to come. Okay. And I was told that if <laughs> I would get a cesarean section if it didn't come by a specific day, and wow, the heavens heard me, and you know he was born. You were able to push that's day. awesome. And so it was great. All in all, things ended well, and I and, yeah. and I like to say that whatever happened, happened for the best. Yeah. And so, you know, the timing of him coming and just when I decided to fall pregnant, I think everything fell into place. And That's awesome. Yeah. It's so I'm so glad to hear that everything did kind of yes. fall into place and that you have that positive experience to look back on. Um, as a closing thoughts to this, this interview, and thank you so much for the insights that you've shared, how has being a mom shaped you as a doctor? So beyond just changing you as a person and, you know, spiritually and all of that, how has it shaped you as a doctor? Um, I think, you know, it <laughs> it's a bit of an emotional one, but I think that it has made me a better doctor in that you sort of get attached to your patients. You feel for them a little bit more. I don't know if there's any uh, trigger signal in your brain once you become a mother, <laughs> But your patients are now closer to your heart. You try to do the absolute best for them, especially with something like ophthalmology. Um, a lot of the patients are older. Uh, some of them are like your parents, you know. Mm. And when you are a parent yourself, you realize the value of the human touch and just humanity. And I think being a mom, it has really positively impacted me on the care and the love and the compassion that I would give back to the community. And so, yeah, definitely a positive one. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your wisdom with us. Is there any one last final thing that we haven't yet asked you about or anything that you're itching to share with our audience of junior doctors and medical students? Or have we kind of covered everything? You know, I think Simon, you did a great job <laughs> of getting through uh, to every aspect. But I just like to say that, you know, um, we all love to plan. We are type A personalities as medical personnel, doctors, surgeons, specialists. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that it's important to do so. But I also think that um, there has to be a higher entity uh, that plans for you. Mm -hmm. And like I just said, you know, in retrospect, when you look back on things, everything happens for a reason. And it happens for the good of you and the best. And I think that, uh, especially when planning for children, it's important to do so because one wants to be you know, financially stable and at the right frame of mind and you have to want to have a child. Mm. Um, but I do think that you need to allow for the, the, the plan to take its place. The supernatural and the, the eternal. supernatural, yeah, because I think that is the best plan thereafter. 
Awesome. Love that as a final thought. So thank you so much, Dr. Amina Haji, for appearing on the Dr. Coffee podcast, Motherhood and Medicine series. Thank you, Simon. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you today. Well, that's it for part three in our series. Look out for the other four parts where we hear from some more remarkable mothers in medicine. Let us know what you thought about this episode in the comments on Instagram or via email. The podcast's email address is drcoffeeza at gmail.com. That's drcoffeeza with no punctuation marks. You can also interact with us using the Q&A function on Spotify. Every episode of the podcast has it, where you can share your thoughts, ask questions, or respond to the episode. Thanks for listening.